Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hey friends, so we've got a mini series for you, which we're calling Hot Topics in Coaching for Equity. And today's episode is about what to do when you think someone is beyond coaching. So this was actually a question that came up in a recent community webinar. We do these webinars once a month, they're free. And someone asked, is there ever a time where we should consider that someone shouldn't be working with kids and should we advise supervisors to let them go versus continuing to coach them? That's what I'm going to dig into today. And I'm going to unpack that question with you. I'm going to give you some suggestions for actions that you can take and hopefully provide some answers to this question. It's a tough conundrum. So before we get into this episode, I want to say a few things, starting with, did you know that this month, June of 2023, when this episode is airing, is this podcast's three-year anniversary? We started this podcast in June of 2020, and I want to just acknowledge two key people who have made this podcast happen. So the first is Riza Lisboa, whom I met, I think, in 2015. And the first time I met her, she came to a workshop that I did. She said, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I'd love to listen to your coaching conversations when I'm driving to work. It'd be so helpful. And that just, that got into my head. And so, Riza, thank you for being the first person to plant this seed. And then I also owe so much gratitude to Leslie Bickford, who is Bright Morning's president and who also edits the podcast and produces it. Leslie has worked for Bright Morning for about five years. For years, Leslie was saying, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast. This would be a great way to get this content out there. And Leslie did so much research into what it takes to create a podcast and just did everything all the way along from the nudging, the encouragement to setting things up, and telling me what equipment to buy and all of it and continues to provide so much support in terms of the vision of the podcast, the podcast episodes, the topics we cover is just constantly thinking about how we can refine this and make it an even more powerful resource for you to have. So Leslie, thank you so much. And this podcast is, according to many metrics, doing so well. We have so many subscribers and listeners, and all the reviews on Apple Podcasts mean so much to me. And so just according to so many indicators, I could say this has been a great success. I love doing it. I love thinking about the topics and being in your ear, just being another way to connect with you. So thank you also to all who have given us feedback, whether that is the appreciative feedback on the reviews. Those mean so much to me. I read those 
If you haven't yet rated and reviewed the podcast, it's super easy, takes less than a minute, and it also is just a way to support the show. Your appreciative feedback helps me know what you want more of. And on this note, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to our listener with the username Mrs. Worth, who left us a review on Apple Podcasts and wrote, useful in so many ways, very helpful content. I have read books by Elena. The podcast is a new way to boost coaching skills, coaching tools, and self-reflection. Thank you so much to that listener. Again, this positive feedback helps me know what you want more of. Okay, the last thing I want to do before we jump into the show is thank a new friend of the show, Lauren B. Thank you so much for your support. And if you want to become a friend of the show, also check out the show notes and you'll find a link there for how you can do that. Okay, let's get into this episode on what to do when you think someone is beyond coaching. First, let me just acknowledge that if you are having that thought or that feeling, it's a tough one. I want to just name that I know I've been there and it brings up a lot of conflict, brings up a lot of sadness, maybe some anger, conflict, confusion. What do I do? Fear. Am I doing the wrong thing? Questioning even your thoughts. So I want to give you an example that is perhaps on one of the extremes of the answer to this question. It's on the continuum, definitely on one end of the continuum. And so perhaps it's an easier question for me to answer. What do we do when we think someone is beyond coaching? And so this scenario is one in which this is a real one. A coach told me about a kindergarten teacher that he was coaching who used the N-word when talking about her students and used it frequently. And this coach said he had tried coaching her around this. He had tried using the different stances. He had tried using the confrontational stance and that she continued to do this as well as to express other, let's say, concerning opinions about her students. So when this coach observed the teacher, her biases were really evident. She made fun of students' names, saying things like, why did your mother call you that anyway? She was referring disproportionate numbers of black boys to the office. So this coach consulted with me, asked me and said, you know, what should I do? Should I let my administrators know that I've tried everything and I think she's beyond coaching? Is doing that giving up on her? I want to be a transformational coach. And he said, you know, Elena, you've said like, we don't give up on people. We keep seeing the best in them and their possibility, their potential. But he was like, I don't know what to do. I just can't seem to get her to change. And she just continuously uses the N word when talking about her students. And first, let me just say that that was hard to hear because a big part of me hearing this coach describe this, felt like saying, yeah, you need to go straight to your administrators and say, this teacher should be fired. She shouldn't be around children. This is beyond what's okay. I felt so much anger. And we all need to continuously practice acknowledging our emotions. 
Otherwise, they can take over. They can begin working ways that actually undermine our overarching goals or intentions. Our emotions deserve to be acknowledged, to be recognized. Imagine pulling up a chair in your room, giving them a place to sit. Here, fear, you are welcome. You can sit here. I'm still going to be the one driving the car, making the decisions, but you're welcome here. Thank you. You're giving me insight. Anger, thank you for helping me remember what is most important, for helping me recognize boundaries that have been crossed, for helping me acknowledge my sadness. You can have this chair here. And again, I'm still going to be the one driving this conversation and engaging with the coach in front of me and helping him to make these decisions. So let's just name the issues at play. When you come to a place like this, where you are having these thoughts, perhaps these feelings, and there are five issues that I want to name. First is the confidentiality agreement that you as a coach have with your client. What was that agreement? This is something I write about in The Art of Coaching. It is also um, written about and described in the Art of Coaching Workbook. You need to go back to that and consider what was in there and what it would mean for you to breach that. And so if you don't have a confidentiality agreement, that's something to consider and that's something to do some more learning about. The second issue at play is the relationship that you, the coach, have with the principal or the assistant principal with the evaluators. Now, the assumption right here is that you, the coach, are not the evaluator. I'm talking specifically about if you are a coach without evaluation responsibility. So what's your relationship like with that person who supervises this teacher? There's a lot to say about building those relationships, building trust, making sure that that supervisor knows about confidentiality agreements, and also having even some preliminary conversations around at what point would I be letting you know that something's going on in this classroom that is not okay. Clearly, if you ever see children being physically harmed, it's your legal responsibility to inform the supervisor. But what I'm describing in terms of this emotional or identity harm is in this gray zone because we're not obligated in the same way we are when we see physical abuse. So that's why this question is so tricky. Okay, the third issue at play is really around what is the school's vision, mission, commitment, values, are those named in a way that includes an equity component or an anti-racist component? It's something to consider because it can come into play in terms of the actions that you take. Is there an explicit commitment to equity and to not harming children in this kind of way? Of course, it's easier if there is that kind of commitment, but if there isn't, that's okay. We're just naming the issues at play. But it also comes into play, like if the coach was a colleague, what would he say to the teacher? So in this situation, we're talking about the coach is coaching a teacher, but what if you're hearing a colleague saying these kind of things? What would you say? Here's again where we come back to like, what's the agreement here about people who work at the school are committed to X, Y, and Z? 
Does X, Y, and Z have something to do with equity? Something to do with a student's social emotional well-being and the relationship they have with teachers and the way that identity plays a role. Okay, number four issue at play is the coach's skills as well as their support systems. So how is this coach getting professional development? Who coaches the coach? Where do they go with these kinds of questions? So if you have this kind of question, when do I give up on a teacher? Who do you take that to? And what I want to point to in raising this fourth issue at play is that the success of an individual coach is contingent upon system elements that can be in play or not, that can be set up or not set up. And that's along a continuum. They can be stronger or weaker. So this is a really challenging situation for a coach to be in. And ideally, a system that is set up to support equity and to support the dismantling of racist bias, beliefs, practices, includes support for a coach so that a coach can have really ongoing PD to be able to grapple with these kinds of situations as well as to build the skills because there's a lot of skill that can go into helping a teacher like this change and shift. So I'm going to tell you number five in just a second, but I do want to say that if you've read Coaching for Equity, there's a teacher I describe in great detail. His name was Kai, and I write about him in several chapters. And when I started coaching him, really the first time I saw him, I thought he was a terrible racist teacher. I thought he was beyond coaching. I have to admit, maybe before I even officially sat down with him for the first time. I did not believe I could coach Kai. I want you, if you haven't, to read those chapters to hear about how I grappled with what happened and also what I did, because there's a whole lot of specific actions that we can take. Th this is what we teach in our Coaching for Equity workshops, which if you haven't taken and you're interested in this question, I strongly encourage you to check out. We teach the skills and we provide you with community that can help you grapple with these kinds of questions. Okay, let me go back to the issues at play. I'm on number five. So the fifth issue at play, this is the last one, is the coach's sense of who they want to be. So this is an ontological question. This is who do you want to be? Do you want to be someone who doesn't judge, who says it's not my place to judge? Or do you want to be someone who says, this is the kind of moment when I need to act on my courage and talk to administrators about what I see going on in the classroom? I want to live into the transformational coaching dispositions that are written about in Coaching for Equity. And how does that align with this feeling of not wanting to give up on people. So this raises a lot of questions. This is the core of the conflict we might feel. This is the fifth issue at play, the coach's sense of who they want to be. Okay, so five issues at play, confidentiality, the coach's relationship with evaluators, the context in which this is happening, meaning the school's vision, commitment to equity, the coach's skills and support system, that's another system issue. And finally, the coach's sense of who they want to be. Those are big issues. I want to tell you about some options 
for action. And I'm going to continue to use the anecdote that I shared with you that I've been unpacking a little bit, which is the kindergarten teacher who is continuously using the N-word when talking about her students and whose practices reflect her biases. So I've got four actions that you can take. The first one is to get some support. Talk to another coach. Ideally, you would have a coach or perhaps a mentor. Find someone who can help you sort through everything that's coming up. This is a really tough question. When do I give up on someone? When is someone beyond coaching? You need and you deserve space to process. The second thing that you can do, if you have a pretty trusting relationship with the evaluator, if you've had some conversations perhaps around how you can communicate when you're concerned about somebody, and if you have a confidentiality agreement, you can say the following. As you know, I'm coaching 15 teachers, and as you know, I have a confidentiality agreement with them that I will not tell you what I see in their classroom or what I think unless they are harming children. We have that really clear. And I really want to encourage you to spend additional time visiting or observing Ms. X's classroom. You might specifically want to pay attention to her cultural competency and the data that indicates how her Black students are doing, both socially and academically in her class. I want to encourage you to drop in and do unscheduled observations. I have said things like that when I've been coaching teachers where I've had some big concerns. Basically, that principal needs to be able to read between the lines. The efficacy of this approach is contingent upon the principal understanding what is not being said. I feel like ethically saying something like this is okay. I feel okay with that. I feel okay giving them a nudge. I have told principals, for example, I really encourage you to drop into so-and-so's sixth period class, the last period of the day. Okay, so that's the second suggestion for what you can do. Two more. To the teacher, you can say, I've heard you express a number of racist statements about your students. I've witnessed you treat your black students in a way that doesn't align with our school's commitment to every child. I've tried coaching you using all the strategies I know, and I don't feel like I'm making any difference. I'm experiencing a deep conflict between my core values and the parameters of coaching, specifically the confidentiality agreement we have. And I've come to the conclusion that I am no longer able to coach you. I'll be letting our principal know that I've made this decision. And I'll say that it's due to feeling like I don't have the skills to coach you. As well as to the fact that I'm feeling out of integrity with myself in this role. 
I will honor our confidentiality agreement and I won't provide specifics about why I feel I can't coach you. And that's it. You can say that and you can leave it at that. If you have decided that you cannot coach someone, let them know and let them know why. That is a hard place to come to. And there's a part of you that might feel relieved, that might recognize that you are doing the right thing. Tap into how you feel in your body. For many people, you might feel a sense of both tension and release, or there may be ways in which that feeling of this is right, this is true, shows up for you. Maybe you feel like you can breathe more clearly or your shoulders drop. See if that's a way to access. Does this feel like what you need to do? Okay, finally, the last suggestion I have for you also to the teacher, you could say, I've come to the difficult decision that I need to break our confidentiality agreement. I've heard you use the N-word about your students multiple times, and I've talked to you about that. I've witnessed you treating your Black students in a way that is dehumanizing. I can't stay silent about the harm I'm seeing inflicted on young children. This afternoon, I will be meeting with our principal and sharing my concerns. I acknowledge that I'm breaking our confidentiality agreement, and this is what I need to do. The end. Okay, that's also a really hard thing to say, and it might also be what you need to do. Now, I've given you this example, which again, I said is on the end of one continuum of a teacher using the N-word and having the actions that express that biases, such as making fun of students' names, sending far too many black boys to the office. Those are behaviors which reflect those belief systems. This is why when we're doing transformational coaching, we have to explore, surface, excavate, and perhaps shift belief systems because all of our actions emerge from our beliefs. So what do you do if the situation isn't one in which the teacher is doing something so overtly offensive, so overtly racist? That's a little harder. And I want you to go back and think about these options for actions that I gave you and think about a situation you're in where maybe the biases are more subtle or, or you don't see the visible manifestation of those biases in practice. Go back through and think about which skills you could activate or you could use to do what I suggested, whether that is talking to the principal or talking directly to the students to make those decisions. So I want to close by just naming how hard the situation is when someone is holding really deep-seated racist beliefs about children or beliefs about children that are just dehumanizing them. They may not be of the racist kind. They could be other kinds. It does take a lot of coaching, a lot of work to help someone shift those beliefs. It's a lot of time. It's a lot for a coach to handle that coach. Doing that work needs a lot of support. And this is a really tough question that educators are in, leaders are in, in terms of when do I say, yeah, we've got these resources and we are going to pour them into this person, 
or this is not worth the time it's going to take and the potential harm for children. These are hard situations that are exasperated by the more broad and general situation that so many of us are in where there's a teacher shortage. And yeah, you can say, I'm going to let this teacher go. And then you've got a vacancy in a classroom for a year, or you are going through one long-term sub after another. It's a really tough situation, really tough decision to make. But coming back to the choice that the coach has, when do I say this person is beyond coaching? That is a question that first you need to explore and unpack with others. You need to reflect on how many of your own skills are refined enough to perhaps be effective and how many of your skills you are using. What is coming up for you? What are the issues for you that are being illuminated that are suggesting that there's some more healing that you need to do? Often when we see harm inflicted on children and when it really hurts, it's also a sign that there's some hurt in us that needs healing and both things can be true. We can need and deserve healing and a teacher may need to not be around children. Both things can be true. This is a tough situation. I'm so grateful to the person who asked it in our webinar. And again, if you don't know about our webinars, you can find out about those by signing up for our newsletter and also check out the Coaching for Equity workshops, which will help you get the skills to respond to this kind of situation. All right, friends, if you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and share it with a friend or colleague who might also find it helpful? That's also another way that you can support this show. We've got a few more episodes for you on hot topics and coaching for equity. They are coming up. Until then, I want to thank Leslie Bickford for being the podcast producer and also Stacy Goodman, who does the sound engineering. Take care, everyone. Be well.